Welcome back to Beers and Careers. I'm your host, Mark Augustinelli, and as always, Beers and Careers is sponsored by the Davis Companies, a technical staffing firm focused on your engineering, IT, and manufacturing needs is what they specialize in and also are able to help on a more full-service and holistic model as well. So contact them at www.daviscoes.com. That's D-A-V-I-S-C-O-S.com. Today's guest, uh, his name's Chris Cardoza. Um, awesome uh, time we had connecting. This is also one of those ones where there's a bunch of humility. Uh, Chris was able to successfully uh, help us record the podcast in a better format, and we still messed it up, and uh, we had to pull this audio from the video in the room. Um, so, but hey, we're, we're, we're failing openly here on this podcast. Uh, but the content of the conversation and the quality is still fine, And uh, but the content is phenomenal is what I meant to say. We talk about everything from him and his perseverance, getting a job with Reebok, to deciding to go out on his own, uh, the trips he's uh, had around the world and what he's been able to document. He's a really talented individual, like special talented. And uh, I really hope you can gain some inspiration from some of the decisions he's made throughout his career, um, his short career. He's a young guy too, but uh, but he's someone I think we're going to have back to discuss how things are continually going. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Chris Cardoza. Thank you. First of all, welcome. Well, cheers. Cheers. Well, well, cheers are non-alcoholic drinks. It's a cold like season. Yeah, it's a cold season. It's the first beers in careers without booze in it. And honestly, I think it's a momentous occasion. I knew it was going to happen, so I love it. Well, I was going to, you know, maybe do dry January. That didn't go so well. So February it is. February, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, not really your choice, dude. Just accepting no, what's all. going on. Um, well, and thanks for coming on the podcast, Beers and Careers. Chris Cardoza. That's it. Uh, I love your uh, Bedoza on your website, by the way. Oh, Only because I had a really, uh, and my brother had a really close friend that ended up becoming my friend, too. And he had a last name similar to yours, but his nickname was Dozer. And so when I read your website, I just couldn't stop but smiling at that. That was phenomenal. It's my little anecdotal story. I love it. Picked out. But can you give us, like, your, I just was checking out your about me, too, before we walked in the room. And I was joking with you about how. I love the line that says I peaked athletically in high school and tore a few ligaments along the way, which honestly uh, really resonates with me on this side of the desk. But do you want to just give like the Reader's Digest version of how you get to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So um, I went to UMass Amherst. Um, at UMass, I was pre-med um, chemistry major. Wow. Um, I guess it was like pre-med track. I don't think they have an official yeah. pre-med. Um, I was in the middle of bio class, and I was just zoning out. I just absolutely hated it. And it was like two years in. I was going to say, how many, how long? Yeah, yeah, it was two years in. You know, I loved math, and I was like, oh, okay. this would be something cool to do with math, chemistry. Um, you know, I was really into Nip Tuck at the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I was like, this, you know, maybe I have a weird medical path <laughs> I'm going to go down. So, you know, I walk out of my, um, I think it was when I said it was in physics or bio class, yeah. and I go to a, the career center, and I'm like, what should I do? And that summer beforehand, I had worked on a short film set with mm. my cousin who directs movies, um, indie films in New York. Um, he just worked on the um, John Krasinski film, A Quiet Place 2. Oh, okay. Um, he's a grip. Yeah. And um, he was doing his first short film, and I just loved it. I was just a PA. Just yeah. had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I got like, free parking tickets in New York City for the first time. It was just like a crazy experience, yeah. but such so out, of your, out of your comfort zone, but having fun. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. So I walked out and I said, I'm going to do communications. 
and I'm going to learn screenwriting. <laughs> so I did all these screenwriting That is a left hand turn. Oh yeah, I was like, screw it, I'm in college. Yeah. Like, so at that time, my best friend, Keith Weiner, was working at a law firm in um, Rhode Island making video content. He had been in the video world in college, I think his whole four years. Okay. Um, and he started making like YouTube video, like, educational videos. And there was a point where they need to make a marketing video, but it was for this big marketing competition. So Keith called me up and said, Chris, I've got to make this video. You're writing screenplays. You want to write a script for me? So let's do it. Yeah. And I, I made a mock social network video from the movie for these yeah. lawyers, um, Phillips and Garcia, down in Dartmouth. Um, and Keith shot the video. I went down there and shot it with him, and they won the competition. No way! And it was this like global summit. We won a laptop, and the lawyer said, "You guys want an internship?" Yeah. Keith had already had it. They said, "Chris, why don't you come in? You can use the laptop we just won." Wow. Hired us for a whole year as interns. Um, we made videos. I learned everything from scratch. I never learned how to edit. Um, Keith taught me how to edit. Wow. Um, I started to learn how to shoot video, um, how to just like interview people, a lot of interviewing. Yeah. I can tell you everything about personal injury a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, hopefully you never need it. No, I hope not. And then at the it was like 11 months, months in, I saw this post for a job at Reebok. Yeah. And it was for a temp job. Mm. Now back in college, I had applied for a co-op job at Reebok okay. when I was trying to find myself. Yes. And it was in the video production department. And I got an interview there. And I met the whole team. And the big question was, so Chris, you know, what do you edit on? How, you know, do you know how to edit? And my answer was, no, no, yeah. no idea. So I didn't get the job right. in college. But now I had been in the law firm editing videos nonstop for a year. I sent in all my portfolio. They pulled me in again. And they hired me. Awesome. So they hired me for a year. I was a temp, my temp contract was up, met a few people there, and then I went on my own, and now I'm a photographer, a full-time photographer, filmmaker, I shoot for Reebok is one of my big clients, I shoot for a lot of nonprofits. I've shot for Runner's World, um, I've published with Vice and ESPN, uh, I've traveled you know, in East Africa and Rwanda, I go every year, I've had an incredible Crazy time. How old are you? Just to give you I'm 30. I'm yeah, 30. so yeah. I'll bang that up before you're 30. Feel, feeling like 40 these days. Pretty, pretty impressive. Can you give folks real quick, just um, if they're listening at a computer or when or when this when they maybe get home from their drive, what's your website? Yeah, sure. It's dosavisuals.com. That's D-O-Z-A visuals. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. I, what's striking about seeing it is the depth of, um, it's not like it's all one type of content. You know, like the uh, I saw the night hockey thing, and I saw the CrossFit thing. I saw the I, I think I don't know what it was called. I know it was your trip to Rwanda, but I don't know exactly what it was called. And they're just so cool. I just saw the one in Utah. I don't know who is that guy with that shirt. So that's Keith. That's there Keith. you go. You can go, <laughs> you can go look up Keith. He that's has awesome. a shirt off and all. You know, some of my travel stuff. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, I, I shoot all sorts of stuff. You know, I mostly try to stick to sports, but yeah. that has branched off. And you know, I've never. Kind of limited myself. I don't want to be stuck in yes. I definitely have a lot of ADD, so I like to yes. jump around. Uh, um, you know, I'll shoot portraits. I'm photographing my grandmother for her 90th birthday in two weeks, and I just no. shot a little test shoot today. Cool. I'm trying to do like this classic, like Annie Leibovitz style mm. um, vintage. She did this Gap paint campaign way back in the day, and it was like super simple. And I'm gonna do that with my grandmother. She's so excited. So you said you were. You started on like the map.
you're a big math guy. Yeah. That's kind of how you started down the uh, the pre med and chemistry focus. But like you're making a ton of art references. Is this all since college, or did you grow up like with a passion for the arts in general, and no. then just like you seized it later on? Yeah, it was definitely like I was that kid in high school who I was obsessed with the arts. But also, I was an athlete. Yeah, right. You know, so like, it's a weird place to be in high school. It was weird. Yeah. You know, I definitely got picked on a little bit by some of the jocks, but yeah. I was better than some of the jocks. Yeah. Wasn't the best, but I was pretty good. Um, but I also sang in the choir. Yeah. So I like both. My brother's very big into musicals. I, you know, we lived in a bedroom together yeah. until we were 18, so yeah. I listened to a lot of musicals. <laughs> yeah, right. And I, so you were a culture jock. You know, I'm a culture jock. <laughs> I hope every job gets cultured. Right, it's so true. So, yeah, eventually, and I was just obsessed with movies. Mm. So, you know, it's funny, in 2020, or when I started around 2011 or 2012, was when technology was really hitting, yeah. when every, it became accessible for everybody to create mm. their own films or do photography easily. Right. Um, but it's all math and science. It's all technology. It, 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 yeah. Um, combined with art. Right. So, so, so it, it's really a... Uh, Really, those two worlds colliding for you. Yeah, it's perfect. I was born at the perfect moment. Yeah, yeah. right. That's awesome. That that's some yeah. manifest destiny kind yeah, of stuff. Uh, what sports do you play in high school? I play baseball. Uh, we won a state championship Very our nice. senior year. Very it was awesome. 2007. Um, shout out to All Brains. Yeah. Uh, we just got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Very which nice. Was cool at, our, at All Brains last year. Very nice. I uh, ran hurdles indoors. Ooh. Um, and I ran cross country very slowly. Yes, but you did. Yeah. But you did. I, I dig it. I, I'm telling you, I love that. I peaked in high school, but then tore a few ligaments along the way. They're still torn. Are they? Still oh, you never fixed them. Oh. Yeah. What was the decision that way? Come on, talk the to me. Everyone's say, got that. You know, the doctors say you don't, I guess you don't always repair PCL. Yeah. yeah. So, you're, so you're fine now? Yeah, I'm fine. I ran the Boston Marathon a few years ago, and uh, I've been a little slow ever since. Yes. But that wasn't great for the PCL. But Dude, that's pretty cool, the Boston Marathon. I've, uh, I've had a weird love-hate relationship where, like, I just told you I moved to Hoppington, yeah. where it starts now, so I feel like I have to run it as an athlete. I'm a sprinter. I suck at running long distances, though. You but know, I feel like that's such a, yeah, it's a cool. fish excuse. Like, that's why I tell myself. I'm like, you're just, you could suffer for four hours. You have to do it. Yeah, okay. I think you absolutely yeah. have to do it. It was uh, one of the best experiences of my life. Was it, what year did you run? 2015. Okay. I ran for charity, and yeah. I never qualified. No, right? No, you can run sub three. Yeah, yeah it's insane. That's, a, that's absolutely yeah. insane. I ran it at like an 11-minute pace. It yeah. was cruise. Yeah, it was a good time. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. So rapid fire for me. Sure. This, uh, this is like the only uh, somewhat scripted segment of our podcast that I have a love-hate relationship with. Because like our podcast kicked off such a sick note, but I never want to miss this part. Because it's funny. Favorite cocktail or drink or libation? Uh, a dirty martini. Oh, dude. Yeah. Tell me more about the dirty martini, because I'm a dirty martini guy. What? That's rare. Yeah, it is. Um, first, I'm obsessed with olives. Okay, blue um, cheese stuff. Blue cheese stuff, my man. So I just discovered the uh, <laughs> the bar at Whole Foods that has all the yes. stuff. Yes, <laughs> yes, right. And I just got like a huge tin of it the other day, and it's been gone in two days. It's the best. It's um, the best. I like Stoli. Okay. Um, for some reason, I think it has to do with the juice, but it depends on the place. Yeah, I don't really yeah, know. yeah. I'm a kettle one dirty martini. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. extra dirty. Yeah, yeah. yeah me too. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I like that. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to do this again with dirty martini. Absolutely. Really better. The dirty podcast. Yeah, the dirty, the dirty beers and <laughs> Yeah. Um, favorite curse word? 
Yeah. I say too much. Yeah. Oh, I think it's, uh, we hang out with the, the Boston. Problem. and <laughs> <laughs> a few dirty martinis. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let it yeah. absolutely rip. You quote guy? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you got any favorites? You know, it's def my favorite is a running quote uh, that was definitely in my yearbook for senior year of yeah. high school. Um, it was a pre-Fontaine quote. Yeah, pretty, I was going to guess. You know, to yeah. give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. Ah, yeah. I dig that. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I find uh, recently, I'm, I'm, I would like to say I'm not a quotes guy, but it's a lie. I definitely am. Like I, de I definitely find quotes and I just... What are yours right now? Oh, the, I got one right now that I'm the same um, thing athletically, and I don't know who said it, which is shame on me, but it was something to the effect of like, um, I'm going to butcher it, but it's something to the effect that where the meaning is to go through your entire life without taking advantage to see like what your body is capable of is a complete waste. It's like can you it's like, the same like idea. yeah like, like are you pushing your are you pushing your limits that way? Because I think especially when I got into the office world, being a former athlete, I was like, wow, I don't have to do that workout stuff anymore. And now I find myself working out a lot more. Yeah. And, it, and I think it helps inside of work, but oh my god, it more helps the mental clarity. Yeah. And then you're like, and then you're like, you know. We, joked about CrossFit, we were talking about, about CrossFit, and so sometimes you're like, well, all these PRs and the pushing of it, and it's like, well, you're just pushing yourself. And so I'm starting to really, like, vibe with, like, all right, let's see how far I can push this. Like, I think in high school when I said, let's see how far I can push it, it was, like, meathead style. Totally. And now it's more, like, refined. Like, all right, like, what am I capable of? And then I surprise myself, and I'm like, all right, well, if I can do that there, I should probably be able to push myself in some other place. It's, so. I think it's a little more for yourself, too, when you get older. You know, oh. in high school it was probably like, yeah. I gotta be better than Joey over there. Yes. And yes. now it's like, you know, I sat in office all day. Yeah. And I pushed myself mentally, hopefully. Right. But, right. you know, I know physically I can always push myself. Mm. It's like, I'm obsessed with running. Mm. And a good day to So you me, still run every day? I still run. I try. Yeah. You know, but right now with the cold season, yeah. I have Sorry. pretty severe asthma. It's, yeah. I guess it's not smart to run a lot. No. Than that, but I try to. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but I'm totally one of those guys who can sleep if I didn't work out. That, that's such a good, uh, I was thinking about the other day how different, I'm, I'm reading a book right now called The 5am Club, and the book talks about how when you get into a workout routine, remind yourself what you felt like before. Because now, like, I can't go to the gym Wednesdays, actually. My wife goes in the morning, it just doesn't work out for our schedule. It's a weird, I get home at the end of the day and I, like, feel weird. And, I, and then I'm like, I used to feel like this every day. Like, this is my norm, so it's, it's a, uh, it's a good point. What um, what box do you go? I go to one in Hopkinton called CrossFit Resilience. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. You know, I'm new to the game. Cool. How long I'm new to the game. Uh, I'm like on the two years ish. Yeah, no, it's been good. It's been good. I now describe myself when people are like, I can't believe you work out a day. I'm like, oh, I'm a dog that has to be walked daily. You it. know, like that's that's my new mindset. So. I love it. No, dig it, man. How about uh, so your first job? My first, so my parents owned a pizza shop mm. my whole life. And Did so when I was, no, in Fall River. Okay, cool. Um, until when I was like 17 I sold it. Yeah. So I literally grew up pies. just making boxes in the back. And yeah. then when I turned like... Oh, eight, right, the making of boxes yeah. is always like the thing. Yeah. It's brutal work. Yeah. We get, you know, a nickel a box. Mm -hmm. My dad gives us a nickel a box at like six years old Dude, in the back. sweet. We play hide and seek in the... Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> you know, we throw pickles at each other, we get in trouble. Like it was great. That's awesome. Are you brothers, sisters? Yeah, the brother and sister. Oh, we, cool. we all own our own businesses. Wow. My dad still owns his own business. Wow. Uh, 
That's impressive. That's really impressive. You know, I think when you're working in the pizza shop at age five, yeah. like we all did, yeah. it just like it just becomes a part of you. Work you can't work for someone else. Yeah. Just, yeah. You can't do it. That's really interesting. I'm gonna I wanna revisit that. I just wanna find one more thing. What would people find most weird about your daily routine? Getting weird things to do? That it's definitely not rigid at all. Yeah, okay. Um, no alarm clock. No, I, I have to set an alarm clock. Yeah. I'll sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I like to stay up pretty late. Um, yeah. I like to, okay. You know, I just kind of get a lot of my thinking and creativity, mm. just mental creativity yeah. going to like midnight, sometimes one. Do you find like when you're more tired, like I'm saying maybe like more physically or mentally, like the, almost the creativity flows a little easier? So much more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. Like, you know, I'm chugging caffeine during the day. Yeah. To get shit done. Yes. But when I need to like, do an edit mm -hmm. and get really creative on a photo or think of a photo shoot. Yeah. I need to be completely wound down. Right. You know, I can't be hopped up on caffeine. Mm -hmm. I might be right. Overthinking. Like, you're overthinking. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, you're I'll overthink everything. Yeah. yeah. Ah, it's interesting. That's why I love running. Yeah. You know, when I'm running, just my head is completely clear mm -hmm. and I can just think of so many different things. Yeah. yeah. No, that's really cool. That's really cool. So, so back to the working for yourself. I, when yeah. you were telling me the story about how. You were at Reebok doing the temp thing, and then you left and started your started uh, Doza after that. Yep. My thought process was like, man, you have some intestinal fortitude to go out your own, like at a pretty young age too. Like, so how, what was that decision like? So, I mean, luckily it wasn't much of a decision because I didn't really have too many choices. Um, well, you had the choice of like going to find another job, like ninety nine point yeah, nine percent of people totally, do. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. So when I was at Reebok, they would hire, it was like an internal team of video producers, and I was like their guy they would send little edits to because yeah. I was the temp. And, um, but they were all awesome people, but they would also hire freelancers all the time. Okay. Because um, there's just too much work. Mm. And um, I saw these, this life of these freelancers. I'm like, what is, what is this thing? You know, they're working with all these different companies. Um, sometimes they're making even more than the internal people. Right. Um, obviously, they're taking on a lot more risk. Yes. Um, what is that all about? So, my end of my contract came up, and I had already met a, like this new startup group within Reebok. Mm. Um, they're called Reebok One. They're a fitness network, and I think they still exist. Okay. Um, not in the same way they did eight years ago, where they're a group of trainers, and it was like when Reebok was trying to really get, and they still are. Uh, becoming the face of training. Yeah. And they were attacking trainers and, and signing trainers as athletes, mm. and they still are. And that group was starting, and they kind of were able to be a little more rogue because they were startup. And they, I ran into one of the head of that group at the cafeteria, and I was like, hey, if you need anything done, I'm actually out of a job in the next few months. And she goes, well, I'll hire you as a freelancer do some photo shoots for my trainers. We're hiring trainers. We need to give them photos. We need good photos of them on our platform. I'll hire you. Okay. So right when I was done, you know, I talked to my parents. I had 300 bucks to my name. You know, I was right. kind of broke. And they're like, Chris, you have nothing to lose. Just come home if you have to. You know, right. Sharing a room with a college friend. Mm. Um, and they're like, you have nothing to lose. Just, so your parents just sound pretty kick-ass. They're the best. Yeah, that's not that's awesome. Yeah, they're the best. So, just for me, it really wasn't a risk. Yeah. Um, just because there is nothing least. Working for 
from Reebok to Nike to a, you know, whatever right. that may be. So I, I don't know, man. That seems it's you know, it's absolutely not for everyone. Yeah, it's, okay. It's a psychotic trip. Like it's <laughs> you know, if you don't get a call for a month, right? Think about the rabbit holes your mind goes into. Right. It's negative. It's very it's negative. negative. It's that's you know, I recommend anybody that starts yeah. a business from get a therapist <laughs> right like right away. You know, I was like your wife or your parents. She's one of them. <laughs> yeah, right. That's but, wild. oh, it's crazy, and, you know, I'm seven or eight years in now, I forget, okay. but it's getting a lot better. Yeah. You know, I'm very lucky, I get a ton of work, which is awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, do you get your work through referrals, or are you, are you doing some traditional business development pound on the pavement looking for new game? It's like, I'd say 90% referrals. Yeah. Um, you know, I have... Do you know, ask for them, or are they passive? No, I never ask. I That's never awesome. ask for them. That's awesome. It's, straight up all relationships mm -hmm. like uh, it definitely doesn't ever feel like I'm pushing for referrals right um, I've never just been like hey can you just yeah, ask somebody for me yeah. yeah you know there's been times when I've reached out to cl current clients and like things are slow right now you know mm -hmm. anything yeah that's but that's different yeah uh, but no everything's been from just compounding off of those first couple clients wow you know I'm super lucky to have is a big first line. That's yeah, a very that's a big good launch. First line. That was a good launching point. So to have them, people leave that mm -hmm. company. They go to other companies. It's ridiculous. You know, at the beginning, that's scary. Yeah, it's really scary. But then you realize, oh, they're just going to go somewhere else, and they're going to want to hire you there. Right. That's great. Yes. So it diversifies. So you, so you've got a strong relationship network that you maintain. With yeah. These folks. Yeah. Totally. That's phenomenal. And you know, most of my friends now. You know, it's yeah, you just work. And a lot of this is travel work, and when you mm. travel with someone, you get very close. Mm. It's way different than showing up at an office for a couple hours. Totally. You're living with someone. Totally. And it's it's a grind. Like when you're traveling on a photo shoot or a documentary video shoot, yeah, you're working from sun up to sundown with someone, and then mm. you're having beers that night together. Right. So you get there's really no, close. There's no off time now. Right? Yeah. Good for you for going back to Reebok after they told you to pound sand the first time. Hey, that yeah, was uh, a good decision. They're good people. That was a, that was a great yeah. decision. That's awesome. Do you, uh, of all the stuff you've done, like, give me some of the highlights of what you've been, what's been the most fun? Because you've got a pretty expansive. Yeah, sure. Um, so I've gotten to work with a lot of cool people. Yeah. Um, for a few years, I was like the social content creator whenever. Reebok did something with JJ Watt. Okay. Oh, I saw some of that on your site, too. So I work really closely with their social team. I still do to this day. Okay. Awesome women over there. They would send me to, like, his house in Houston, and we'd shoot stuff with um, retired Navy SEALs. We did this mm -hmm. great campaign where he designed a shoe with retired Navy SEALs and donated a bunch of money to the Navy SEAL Foundation. Wow. I literally was just Navy SEAL, JJ Watt, a couple of Reebok people, me wow. in his backyard. So like eight people. Less. Less. Wow. I mic'd them all up and I just recorded the whole thing and I shot photos and that was really? it. Really? And then we'd create content out of it. That guy seems like a saint. He's awesome. He is a saint. I mean, what he did yeah. after the hurricane. And oh, he's, and he's the most, you know, I've got to be at a workout of his. Yeah. Photograph work and it's yeah. just, it's unreal. Savage human. I always say, so I worked a few times with Allie Raceman too because she's yeah. local. Oh yeah, yeah, need him, right? He, J.J. Watt and Allie Raceman, in terms of workouts, are just I found our next level. Really, everybody else I've seen. Even, and you're with people that work out for a living. Oh, job. Right. They're you know, they're just like the top crossers, like the Rich Froning. Yeah. 
but there's something more. Like Allie Raisman's workout is three hours long. This was in preparation for the last Olympics. Okay. Three hours, I think it was twice a day. Damn. And I only went for one of them. And I'll tell you what, I was sore, just started squatting up and down, taking wow. photos. Wow. She's doing uh, rope climbs with just her arms, starting with her butt on the ground, yep. all the way up. Wow. Um, they're just unreal. And she's such a good person, too. Yeah. Um, I have a cool story with her where we shot something one day, and we found out there were some logos in the background we couldn't have used. Yeah. Which happens a lot. Yeah, I bet. So I had to go back, and she welcomed me into her workout. It's just her myself, and then there's this other camera guy, and he, he worked for a publication that I won't talk about, and he was kind of getting in the way a little bit. Yeah. She stopped the workout, which she never, she's in the zone. Yeah, she doesn't have to. She's in her, she doesn't have to stop. She stopped it, looked at me and go, Chris, are you getting what you need? Wow. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. She, pretty phenomenal person. And she didn't say much before that. She's in the yeah. zone. Yeah, yeah, It's just like, she's, she's a good person. Wow. And then... By far, like, and probably one of the fittest people on earth. Easily, yeah, easily. Exactly. I, you know, I, I'd like to see her talk about pushing those crossfit. Yeah, talk about pushing your body to the limit. Oh, she's she's unreal. Wow, she's unreal. That's wild. That's cool. So you've so you've met some. I mean, those are huge public figures. Yeah, I've shot you know Victoria Beckham. Yeah, uh, posh, posh spice. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, Charlie Baker. Ah. Um, Ayanna Presley. Okay. Uh, all sorts of people. A lot of NFL players. And just through, like, just through, like, the J.J. Watt thing turns into something else, or? Yeah, like, a lot of them, like, those political leaders are yeah. non-profits. I do a lot okay. of non-profit video work in Boston. Cool. Um, because, I, so I go to Rwanda every year. Okay. With a non-profit called Shooting Touch. Okay. Um, I share space with them as well. Mm. Um, Justin Lewis. I slide, his wife runs Shooting Touch. Okay. And... Six years ago, they brought me to Rwanda, which is where um, half of their organization is based, and they use basketball as a tool for health education. And through them, I started making all these amazing videos. Like it became my absolute passion. And this wasn't something like, you know, they weren't paying me for it. It was just like I right. love this. I was obsessed with Vice when I was in yeah, yeah. college, yeah. so I wanted to do a Vice video, yeah. or um, you know. But then I just became obsessed with it. And they brought me up there, and um, through Shooting Touch, there's become a huge network of nonprofits. All the nonprofits mm -hmm. kind of know each other in Boston. Yeah. So I've got to work with other ones like the base in Roxbury that uses baseball as mm -hmm. a um, they use baseball for to help like, mentor kids. Yeah. So like, how is Shooting Touch using basketball for health education? So it's real simple. Not you, to go down a rabbit. No, no. I just have. I'll talk about Shooting yeah. Touch all day. Yeah. They're, they're the best. In Rwanda, so they have two organizations, one in Rwanda and one yep. in Boston. In Rwanda, they build basketball courts next to clinics, health clinics. Okay. And they partner with doctors and um, health organizations. And they throw these massive tournaments, like thousands of people. And during the tournaments, they have testing for HIV AIDS, uh -huh. they have testing for breast cancer, and then at the same time, they're giving out mosquito nets for malaria, um, all Probably sorts of stuff. Use it as a draw to get people it's, in. Yeah, you know, in, I've, we interviewed teachers, and the teachers said they're, you know, 
shooting coach is getting through the kids better because if you go to school, you don't want to listen to your teacher. No way. But if your basketball coach is going to get tested for HIV right after practice, right. so are you. Yeah, that's a good point. Wow. Yeah. And kids are so impressionable. Yeah. Do that way, like through sports. That's really cool. So, and in Rwanda, there's, I think it's like 80% of the population is under the age of 25. Whoa. It's like, it's wild. Whoa. So they have all these kids, and you know, they're post-war, they're about 20 something years after the genocide. Yeah. And it's a very safe country now. They have to, you know, yeah. teach all these kids, mm -hmm. and you know, the poverty is really high there. So not everybody knows everything that they should know in terms of washing your hands and right. simple stuff. That can really change a whole community. So that's a once a year trip for you? I go almost once a year. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So I went once with um, Jack McMullen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she wrote a whole piece on it on ESPN, and I, I was lucky enough she Excuse my photos for oh, awesome. So check that's on ESPNW. Yes, you check the ESPN bucket. <laughs> yep, there yeah, it is. That, that was then published on ESPN. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I, I do know Kobe Bryant did read the article and was gonna oh. was trying to help us at one point. Wow. Which was Yeah, crazy. That's, that's pretty that's wild. Oh, that's so cool. Is Rwanda like the most exotic place you've been to? Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Rwanda was the first country I ever went to. No way. Outside of the United States. No way. And now it sounds like you travel quite a bit. So I go to the Bahamas every year. Yeah. <laughs> probably the opposite. Um, <laughs> right. um, I travel everywhere in the U.S. Okay. But not too much internationally yet. Okay. There was two instances this last month. I clients that were like, we're sending you to London and Paris. Mm. I'm like, oh, wow, let's go. And then they both fell through. That's kind of how this yeah, game goes. goes yeah. yeah. And is that like when that happens, is it because they just... And the idea got sacked, or, they, or another option came up? Like, how do you yeah. know what happens on those? So a lot of the times, it has to do with the subject we're filming. Yeah. So in a couple of instances, we're shooting an artist. Mm -hmm. And the artist wanted us to go to Paris and film them. And last minute, they, they just decided they not to. Pay. Yeah. It's just like, when you're the media crew, you're kind of the last thought to get things done. It's very, like... If you need to go tomorrow to Florida or to London tomorrow, yeah. you might I might get a call. You know? Oh, okay. So you're you're pretty on call. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And as a freelancer, you gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah. If you have the work, you can say if you can yeah. say no, which right. I now I can a little bit. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So you almost have that on call vibe. Yeah. Which, it's, is kinda, which is kind of cool in some. It's parts very cool. Sure. Yeah. But then it's you know. I'm sure, your wife's like, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, where are you going? Yeah. What are exactly. you doing? You go to the Bahamas again? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, you know, last month I was in Joplin, Missouri. I okay. was in West Virginia. Yes. Erie, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. You know, these, like, little pockets of America. Right. Cool. That is cool. That And they're not places that are often visited. I probably ne would have never gone to any of those. Yeah, no, that's um, really cool. But Has that changed your perspective on how you do your job or just you as a person seeing? I mean, I mean, so Rwanda did it by far yeah. in the first place. And Rwanda did. Did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. if you go to a developing country yes. and then you you know, you know stay in a, a rural village where mm. people live off of maybe, maybe a dollar a day, probably less, mm -hmm. it's going to change your life a little bit. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. You're going to have some perspective. Yes. You know, coming back and walking into a Whole Foods and seeing someone pitch about their latte does oh. not go well. Oh, my God, right. Um, but yeah, it all changes, you know. I, you know, we were with—I was working with a client recently. We have this big documentary project coming out that 
I'll talk about some other, maybe I have to come back and talk about it. Please, time. yeah. Um, but we were working with a family who had immigrated from Cuba like 16 years ago, mm -hmm. and the son has a PhD in Cuba in pharmacology, but in the U.S. can't use any of his degrees. Mm -hmm. And right. you know, his father lives in a apartment the size of this room, which is probably what, 100 square feet, yeah. maybe less than that, 50 square feet. Yeah. It's just like we're in a closet. You know, there's pockets of the world that are yeah. developing and struggling, but plenty of places in the U.S. that are too. Mm. Do you find? I have never lived. Uh, like, and what I mean when I say lived, I mean like slept over or spent extended time. But I have been to uh, some really impoverished places. Fiji, actually, sure. one of them. Yeah. And the one thing I was struck by, though, was that like you would, especially as a Westerner. Uh, that was college educated, you know, mm -hmm. was fortunate, because you assume there to be more uh, unhappy people. No, yeah, and they're no. all, and not, they're not all happy, that's a terrible thing to say, but they are grateful for what they have on a totally different level than the person at Whole Foods complaining that the, that their seltzer didn't would, ring up yeah. as a two-for-one special. Yeah, oh, it's just like a know. wild dichotomy. I would argue some of them are happier. Yeah, okay, cool. You know, yeah. now the so problem funny. is, so funny. In the moment, they're happy, but they are absolutely struggling in life itself, in the larger questions of like health. Yes. The risk fact. The risks are way higher in their situations. Mm. Um, you know, like I mentioned a couple times that I, I kind of struggled with severe asthma. You know, I had an interview once where a mother, who, um, you know, she was a survivor of the genocide, mm. couldn't afford albuterol for her kid. Yeah. Someone had home. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't imagine. Yeah. First of all, you're living in a dusty environment. Right. It's hot, and you're having an asthma attack, and you just don't have the inhaler there. I'm right. scared to death if I don't have my inhaler in my pocket. Right. If it's in the next room, I'm freaking out. Okay. Plus, so, your asthma's that bad. It's just, yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. You're in a marathon. But that same kid loved, you know, wanted to carry my tripod up an entire mountain because he was just having a blast. Right, yeah. The mother, ha you know, plays basketball every single day and has the time of her life with her girlfriends. And, mm. you know, we, we all learn to adapt with what we have. It's so true. So. It's, it's so true. I, it's just the, one of those things. I was interested enough that was your same take. Cause I, totally. I remember leaving being like, man, like, I got everything. It, it, it's, the same, it's the same, like, I have a client up in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Yes. Which is this Where is that? It's north of the White Mountains. Okay, cool. So oh, yes. Call it North Country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have a different philosophy on work than we do in Boston area. They oh, just want to work nine to five. Yeah. Get their paycheck. Go four wheeling. Yeah. You know, have a few beers with their yeah. friends. Work to live, not live to work. And there's probably something you said about yeah, that. Yeah, no. It's true. That was um, my big takeaway from. Uh, living in Australia, so yeah. it was like their taxes were so high, and I was like, "This is such an interesting place." And that, but the level of happiness, you know, it was like yeah. they checked that box. It wasn't like no one was freaking out about it's stuff. Like Hawaii, Hawaii's like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine. I've never been to Hawaii for long enough to experience that, but I, I could see that. Wow, that's really cool. So, what's on your bucket list then? Man, I mean, like, what do you spot? Like, as a freelancer, yeah. Like, like what, what, what's your north star that you're? So I try not to think you too far. Plan? Do you have a business plan? A business plan. <laughs> you know, I have a, a good friend who is an accountant, and um, he's like, you know, what do you 
you feel about five-year plans? <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm sweating thinking about the thought of having a five-year plan. Right. Um, and, you know, I've been lucky enough that I kind of just take whatever comes at me and then I pivot yeah. with something with that. You know, I, didn't, I never thought I was going to be where I am today, but I absolutely love what I do. Um, but what I'm thinking of getting into this year more is eventually I do want to start creating my own documentaries that would have longer pieces that would appear on Netflix or okay, yeah. Amazon. And but my biggest goal has always to been to do it myself and not have to rely on a studio to pay for that. So I'm going to use all my commercial work to supplement all my personal work, which mm. I kind of already have been doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to pair it all up with photography series. And the, the route I want to go with that is um, learning about cultures more through sport. Oh, cool. So, kind yeah. of what I do in Rwanda. Yeah. Um, but I want to eventually do that around the world, around the U.S. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any any uh, particular sports that you're like, I got to get more into? There's some weird ones. Have you ever heard of ski joring? No. So in, Sounds Nordic. It's it's actually in Wyoming or Montana, <laughs> no which is the Nords of the yeah America. yeah that's true that's so true. Um, so it's it's water skiing behind a horse, but on snow. Whoa! So there's a cowboy driving yeah. behind that horse. Oh yeah, I can see it in my head. And right there's now. a skier behind it with rope. Sick. YouTube. I'm a skier too. I'm oh, that. it's amazing. Wow. So I want to do some sort of project on that. I've heard about the culture around it. You yeah. Know? There's big money in it, but it's all behind the scenes. Yeah, I was gonna say all like it's just gambling. Like gambling. Yeah. It's like cowboys who own ranches, rich guys who own these huge ranches. Wow. Um, fly out to these tournaments. No way. I you know, I heard through the grapevine there was more money in the winner of one of these ski joint tournaments than the X Games. Really? And I've heard that professional skiers are going to these things and trying to make some That would money. be a Netflix documentary that It's I a watch. pretty good one. So if anybody wants to invest that, in that's that really topic, cool. That's know. really cool. So it sounds like you almost use all of your, um, it's cool, I feel like as an entrepreneur, you're almost, I don't want to say forced to do this, but you, it's almost like your rinse and repeat cycle. But if you use all of the earnings you make, you just reinvest it in yourself. Yeah, yeah, right. Totally. It's like it's just saying I'm using my commercial to fund my personal. It's like yeah. this is not. There's the lines aren't incredibly uh, black and white for you. No, not at all. It's everything I do is to kind of build up. Think of those visuals as like a studio. Yeah. Um, and I want to be able to just have all my equipment on the shelf, mm -hmm. ready to go. I want to be able to make a incredible. I want to be able to make an incredible Super Bowl commercial mm -hmm. with only. A, guys yeah or girls I was gonna say do you have people that work with you for you I hire contractors per okay per job yeah okay cool so it's kind of um, traditional to have like a first assistant mm. on a photo shoot so I have like this guy yeah. Anthony who's like, my favorite assistant um, and I have this new guy Nick who's been working with me and depending on the budget of the client yeah you kind of talk to them through it and figure, figure it out. out and it depends on the size of the job yeah now I don't do huge Productions like some photographers or filmmakers do. Right. Some of my stuff's usually running gun. Yeah. A couple guys. Yeah. yeah. No, it's cool. Uh, I was my brother-in-law is actually uh, into the photography game, and uh, so funny. I'm like, dude, so what do you think about weddings? Like that was like my like my idiot. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yo, dude, what do you think about? No, it happens all the time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you probably get like 
five. I will respectfully decline. You know what it is? It's a uh, high school oh, classmate yeah, yeah, yeah. DM. Yeah. Hey man, I'm getting. I know again. Yeah, I've done one wedding and they're just a different animal, and that's yeah. why they are wedding photographers. Right. You know. Right. And that's why you know I'm a sports sort of documentary yeah. photographer. Right. Not a wedding photographer. Uh, no, that makes that makes so much sense. Do you ever like do when you're doing like sports and documentary photography is it ever like have you ever thought about like going after like the Bruins right or the Celtics and like going at that venue or has that always been like no man that's too corporate I want my own I want my own yeah. opinion on this. so you know one thing I do keep track of that is a little douchey is I keep track of jobs I've turned down yeah um, okay I've gotten a call from the Celtics before but yeah. it was like a be a videographer, right? Um, to follow the team around, which would be awesome. Yeah. If I was yes. 22. Right. It's a tough lifestyle. Oh, brutal! And um, I absolutely would love to shoot a game. I shot a Celtics game. Okay. Um, that was kind of where I was going. Like, I yeah, I shot one Celtics game. I don't know if I ever want to be the yeah. team photographer. Yeah. Those guys are unbelievable. Like, right. I don't know if you guys ever follow. Follow the guy from the, on the on the on the Reds, uh, the Pats for a yeah. while. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, those guys keep those jobs forever. I, I mean, I can't they're imagine incredible. Why. Yeah. Um, Bill, I think it's Billy Weiss. He shoots okay. for the Red Sox. I just met him for the first time. He's unbelievable. But man, that kid's probably on the road 200 days a year. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I just thought the yeah. guy who shot the picture of Orr. Yeah. Oh, it's know? incredible. Like in that seven is that seventy two versus the blues? Yeah. Like that was a, I meant like I don't know if it's that. It like could have been a team photographer or a freelancer. Right, um, I think it was a guy working for the paper, right? Probably. Yeah. I like that stuff. And I've done a few. Like um, You seem like you like projects more. I do. Like you like, I do. Sit, yeah, like yeah. like impactful projects as opposed to yeah. you know, a party going on outside. Um <laughs> Yeah. Like um I have a cool open invite to my alma mater at UMass. Yeah. So I can shoot my friend works in the marketing department. I've met all those guys. Yeah. Anytime I want, I just call them up saying, hey, can I shoot a game? Mm. So I shot, last year I shot a UMass BC hockey game. Oh, I was going to say, that would be a great thing. It was shoot. amazing. We were up yeah. in the catwalk. Yeah. Um, yeah, the access you get to the vantage points yeah. is also totally different, too. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I just like, you know, I think it goes with everything else, like to jump around. Yeah. If I do one thing, I can get a little bored. That, no, that totally makes sense. Do you find it difficult to stay up with tech? I, no, you said no. you were a tech guy, but like, yeah. Yeah, just, no, I'm obsessed. Just, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. I'm upset. I, you know, it I'm seems upset. like an ignorant question when I ask it because, like, in my own industry, it's not that hard for me to keep up with tech, yeah. but it's just something about cameras, man. No, in my <laughs> in our wedding vows, my wife joked about my VR obsession. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, definitely nerd. Right? Area, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm guessing you've got some solid artwork on the walls of the. Of the Getting there. Your spot. Yeah, yeah, getting there. So, getting there, man. You got some stuff, I would guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I said to talk about Hawaii. We went to Hawaii recently and we did a helicopter and oh, wow. tour just for photography. So we have doors off. We're, so I, you know, I need to blow up. I have this huge picture of, I think it's Kauai, these three waterfalls that are a thousand feet tall. Wow. And it's just, you need to probably check it out on my Instagram. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. Is that a legitimate business revenue as well, like selling prints like that? For me, it's not yet. Yeah, it's not fun. Someday it would be cool. Yeah. I'm not sure. I just think it, of like, yeah, yeah. what's that? What's like Etsy or whatever, right? right. Like I like typed in random stuff 
I'm a golfer, right? So sometimes I like have an idea, and like I wonder if they make like a club head cover with this on it. Yeah. And I'll find some obscure person that does it, and so pictures is the other thing. It's like you know sometimes like well, I was just we moved into this office eight months ago, find like pictures for the wall, and like I'm OCD, so I make it even worse for myself. Like trying to find the worst thing, it's like I'm looking up stuff on like that they're making like one of thirty. Right. And so I just didn't know. No, I would love to. I've done, you know, I've done some gallery shows. Yeah. Okay. So. You know, one of my images from Rwanda is of this older woman named Sylvie, and she's, you'll find it on my Instagram, she's holding a basketball, you'll definitely know what one it is. Yeah. That was up in uh, Switzerland at the mm. FIBA headquarters. Mm. Um, it was in New York, it's been in uh, LA. Oh, cool. Um, I like to do those shows and that stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's not really a revenue generator, it's more of like a marketing thing. Yeah. If you're in it, people start to understand who you are. Right. Um, I've met artists through that. Okay. So I, I to continually network. Yeah, or yeah. even just like cool projects. I met this guy named O'Neill Scott, who's a painter. Okay. And he fell in love with my photos from Rwanda and all of his portraits. So he paints. He started painting my portraits that time. Whoa. And then we auctioned them off for shooting touch. Ah, so cool. cool. Yeah, that's really cool. It's just like, it's just another way of helping out. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So like. In terms of like, I, the goal of this podcast originally was like, man, people have crazy career paths. Yeah. And like, you're, I mean, you're a perfect example of like the non-linear uh, career path. I almost think the word career path should change, right? It should be like, yeah. I don't even know what we should call it. But do you, you know, what would you be telling kids out of college that are probably in similar spots that you and I were? Like, because I went a very different path, right? I went the traditional business path and it's worked. I'm, I don't terms of that, but oh, maybe that's not true. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm grateful for what I got, but you went the freelancer path, which I think is so cool. The advent of technology made that possible. But I still think there's a lot of people that are like, mm, I don't want to take that leap. Yeah, I mean, I think for most people, I think a lot of times it's just trying things and then not being afraid to just drop that and move on to something that's else. Fair. Like, screw whatever anybody else says about, you know, if you did try to take a job on, even just a normal nine to five job, and yeah. you found out you didn't like it a month in, just, just leave. Right, right. You know, you're probably saving everybody else's by not yeah. being shitty at your job. Right. Or the same goes for my work. You know, if, if you want to try your own thing, give it a try, shot, and then, but put yourself in a situation where you don't have anything to lose. You know. I was gonna say that's like, a different. You, you seem like you seem like failure. Um, which I think took me a longer time to get used to. It was like failing was normal. Like if yeah, you're not failing, you're, yeah. you're kind of not trying. Yeah. Kind of thing. But like you seem to be undaunted by it. I think I wouldn't ever. I think you know you sent me some questions that were like yeah. one of them might have been like when did you fail? Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't really consider anything a failure. Yeah, I get it. Um, you know, I could tell you like I missed out on a bid on projects and I yes. didn't get a bid and somebody came back to me and was like, your bid was too high or your right. bid was, do you know that it was that much higher? Was, yeah. that, that's, to me, that's not a failure. It's just right. like, I just didn't get the job. Right. It's another, another point of data yeah. in the learning process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's interesting because even the way you described, um, you talked about being a jock, but that you were also in uh, chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I probably got made fun of. Like, I, I almost wonder, like, are those, you know, moments that you're smiling about now, right? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I think as adults we laugh about. But, like, in high school, 
that's a big deal. Like yeah. to you, right? Like yeah. not maybe not to you, Chris, no, Chris, but just to the people, right? Yeah. It's like, man, do, does the kid that gets through high school without getting made fun of, is that actually worse? Is that actually worse because they're not used probably. to dealing with that shit? Right? Oh, yeah, like, probably. Yeah. Or, you know, the kid that didn't have to pay for his own college. Right. Probably a little worse. Right. You right. know, obviously, you want to get strapped with yeah. a ton of loans, then you're screwed. Brutal. But, you know, the kid that didn't have to take a dishwashing job and go to classes all day, yeah, yeah you're probably worse off. You're not going to have that motivation. Mm. No, it's 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 so true, and like the same thing with people starting in the pizza. Yeah, it so has to like you gotta like condition. It, it has to get conditioned so much that you don't understand what where why your work drive is what it is. Right. Because it's so in you, or understanding or not being afraid of failure so much that you don't understand what failure is. Yeah. Because you've done it a bunch. It's mm. fine. Have you thought about? Um, not to get too personal, but yeah. are you thinking about having kids with you, right? Yeah, for sure. Have you thought, have you pondered how you would yeah, steal yeah. some of that same stuff? You don't have, oh, you don't have a pizza shop. No, for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I imagine, you know, since I do have my own company, I'll yeah. have my kids working yeah, with yeah, me too. Yeah, hey, kid, um, get the tripod. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. And we're going to be learning how to edit video very early. I mean, <laughs> I, hopefully my kid's going to know how to edit videos by the time he's seven. Yeah, or she's seven. <laughs> um, so awesome. Yeah, hopefully it's it's not a forceful thing because for me it was never forced. Yeah. It was, you know, my parents were never like, you have to work with us today. Yeah. They just brought me there and it was normal. I was around it so I just wanted to work. Yeah. Everybody was working. Right. I think when you force anything down anybody's throat, you're doing Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. I gotta think there were times when they needed you though. For sure. And you're like, yeah. I'm not coming there, like, oh. Oh, you know, things are not easy for my parents yeah. and their kids, yeah. but but still, I mean, yeah. And there's something about tactile manual labor. Like, so before yeah, I, sure. had, I, I, totally wrote, I have two kids, and uh, I remember when my wife was pregnant with the first, being like, all right, not to be totally morbid, but I was like, if I ever got hit by a bus, like, I would want them to at least know what yeah. my value system was. And I remember, like, the first thing I wrote down was do manual labor. I mean, Because, like, it's like... That and like not that. It's like service jobs. It's like uh, yeah, I think that's almost like, that's the same deal. Yeah, like be humbled, like be totally. humbled that way because I think those are. Uh, I feel like you've taken that skill set and monetized it. You, <laughs> yeah, like you sure. Like, you know, it's like your service skill set, the hard work ethic. You fuck up early. Like, <laughs> you're you're right. right. Yeah. Wicked early. Yeah. I mean, you're still thirty. You can still fuck up. I mean, me too. Thirty-four. We can fuck up all the time. It's still a long, long, uh, yeah. long bit of runway to go. Absolutely. No, that's cool. That's cool. Well, man, I uh, was there anything else you wanted to hit? Because I feel like. Well, so how, what's your plan with your kids? How for, do you for that kind of stuff? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's a really good question. Um, my thought process is some of that, just like trying to take. So my, okay, I'll paint the picture here. My father came, uh, grew up in East Boston, Italian family. He, him, and his brothers were like the first people to like get college educated, but it was. Similar to what you were kind of explaining, how it was like they paid their own way for college. I mean, this is back when college cost what? Yeah, 12 bucks. Three, three grand a yeah. year or whatever. But like he paid his own way. And then we got this job, and my, we moved to Dedham, which might as well have been like moving to Ohio. Yeah. Right? From, Love Dedham. From Boston. Yeah, right? Shout out to the Dirty D. Uh, but he never lost like the blue. Like my grandfather was, um, was a mason and a tile yeah. layer. And so yeah. we never lost like. My dad refused to hire someone to do 
where I'm at. So I think it took him to like being over 50 when he was, my mom was like, finally, like, Ralph, we can't wait a month to do the bathroom. Like, it's okay. We can hire someone. Like, he worked right. hard enough at this right. point. But so for me right now, it's that. Like, mm. that's my guiding principle. I was like, well, I'm just not going to let them take the easy way out. Like, like the same way you said, um, what I heard when you said about the kid in Rwanda mm -hmm. who was walking up the mountain with the tripod, even though, you know, that could have been a challenge for them. I, like, the challenge is, like, where the, uh, where, where the meaning of life is. Is kind of where I'm going with it. So I think that's I not want to make my kid's life intentionally hard. You know, I'm, no, sorry, I'm, course I'm not going to nerf the edges right. for them. I and no matter just, what, you know. I imagine our kids are still going to have a better life than you. Oh, we didn't. I mean, yeah. I had a great life. Phenomenal. So Phenomenal. it's like, but, Yeah. There's a thing now, even leading people here in the organization, mm -hmm. I feel like there's often times where I can uh, insulate people from the realities of the marketplace due to buying power or just due to our position in the organization. I almost feel like I'm doing people a disservice by insulating them from the yeah. Like, I'd almost rather watch them fail and then help them out after they fail. Because someone did that for me. That was how I was raised in the business. And it was like, at the time, you're like, dude, you got to, like, help me out there, man. But at the same time, I would have never experienced it that way. In fact, our last podcast with Bob kind of talked about that. He was like, I, I let people, or one of the last podcasts was like, I let people fail. Even when I see them failing, and I was like, that is so counterintuitive. And you stand back it. and think it, but I, I think, think it's the way. It. So I think that's, I think that's my very long-winded answer of how I plan on uh, dealing with my children, or parenting my children, but what's that Mike Tyson quote? Everyone has a plan to get punched in the face, so we'll see, we'll see. We'll see. Smack in the face. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see what happens, but uh, it's a fun ride. It's a fun ride, for sure. Well, I'll do the same thing. Awesome. Yeah, go. right. Awesome. Well, hey, Chris, thanks so much for coming on, man. I think this was, uh, this is awesome, and I can't wait to have you back. Right? Absolutely. Cool. Thanks, man.